Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Pella Window and Door of Georgia, viewed to be the best. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. We have been told now for a while by those like our own Jeff Sintel, Dog Nation Recruiting Insider, that the month of July could be a hot one for the dogs when it comes to a big time prospects in the recruiting trail. And yesterday was certainly a big payoff on that. We all had a chance to celebrate as four star linebacker Raylan Wilson committed to UGA. We talked about Wilson on this show the other day and really kind of spiked the football, maybe prematurely in the eyes of some, but as it turns out, in kind of an appropriate fashion. When Wilson decommitted from Michigan, and he did so a few days ago, the thought here was is that George would be the school in the best position to take advantage of the fact that he was now kind of on the open market. Obviously, Glenn Schumann has been a great recruiter at guys you know, at this position for guys like Raylan Wilson and it was certainly on on the basis of visits and things like that you had reason to believe that Georgia's probably set up very well to to earn Wilson's commitment after decommitting from Michigan that's exactly what happened I'll show you this uh, very nice edit from our Dog Nation team I believe our buddy Connor Riley can take the uh, bow on this one Uh, you love to see that the uh, the the specs up there 6'2 213 pounds boy that's a a good looking prospect you see where he's kind of ranked uh, out of the Lincoln High School program there in Tallahassee a historic very good program and a good looking at it there sitting on that dog throne holding that national championship trophy Raylan Wilson now committed to UGA and listen I think everybody kind of knows this is a pretty big deal for Georgia but I want to drill down for a minute more about kind of why I think Wilson's addition is so good for the dogs first of all in one respect I think it probably helps calm a little bit of a conversation that and we joke about this, but it seems to kind of bubble up here every summer, but for a slightly different reason. And I think for for some Georgia fans, this summer's version of recruiting anxiety has kind of existed around the new NIL climate with which we live and the fact that, hey, you know, Georgia's the reigning national champion. Georgia seemingly should have all this steam and all this momentum on the recruiting trail. But for some fans for a while, they were kind of left to wonder, okay, well, where is it? Like, you know, what is the the you know, tangible benefit of Georgia having won the national championship. And and some of us who've kind of been around the block a few times, we kind of laugh when fans get too anxious about topics like this. But as I've said before, in defense of the fans who kind of are left to wonder, hey, is the landscape just too different now for Georgia to kind of lean on what's worked for traditionally in the past as a way of putting another elite class together? For the fans who've been themselves a little worried about that here this summer, you know, Kirby Smart himself, the Georgia coach, gave voice to this. If you want to go back, I guess it was back during spring practice. He was asked right then, hey, you know, what is the benefit of having won the national championship? How does that help with recruiting? And what Smart said then, I think, is part of the reason that Georgia fans, maybe up until yesterday, that some Georgia fans have been a little anxious about the status of the 2023 class because it does seem like some things have changed in recruiting and what used to be maybe kind of an easy path hey you win the national championship now you just collect every recruit that you want smart himself said that's not quite the way that it is here in 2022 looking ahead to signing day for the class of 2023 this is what smart said about that going back you know a few months ago and maybe echoed by some georgia fans recently here's kirby have i seen a major impact in the the win or the national championship i don't know that you can you know make that tangible i don't know that you can kind of see that or feel that uh 
certainly uh, the time we had spent on the road, there was a lot of, um, you know, congratulations, pats on the back, all those things in terms of recruiting. I think it gets you in the conversation with maybe more national kids. Um, we were already in the conversation with most national kids and certainly with in-state kids. So um, it, it may validate some the things you work towards, but I don't think it's going to close the deal for, for these kids. I, I really don't think winning the national championship like moves the needle in terms of one kid's decision or the other. Uh, it just might get you in the conversation. Um, kids today are, are obviously worried about, you know, other things outside of just winning a national championship. Ten years ago, it was probably a bigger deal than it is today where they put their uh, they put their weight in other categories. So Smart said that matter-of-factly going back a few months ago, and that feeling I think has had some Georgia fans worried for a while that they don't feel like the national championship was paying off for UGA recruiting as well as it could, or just Georgia's status is kind of that elite top-shelf recruiter there are some fans who felt like that has been heavily threatened by the rise of NIL, specifically at places like Texas and Texas A&M and Miami, the programs right now that probably seem the most aggressive about using NIL as kind of their lead pitch for why a recruit should come there. And in light of all that, there have been some Georgia fans, and I'm not saying this in a mocking fashion, this has just been kind of the conversation that's been going on. There are some Georgia fans who've been left to say, oh gosh, the stuff that used to work for Georgia doesn't work anymore, or the stuff that's worked for teams over the course of the last however many years, showing off that national championship trophy, that doesn't that doesn't work the way that it used to, and in light of these tools no longer being as effective as they once were, is that going to somehow harm Georgia's recruiting efforts? Will the, efforts, will the 2023 class be diminished by the fact that we live in this new age and there are some people somewhere uh in some places that just seem to be willing to be more aggressive in this new age than georgia might be willing to be well if you felt that way at all if you've been concerned you know in any way i think the announcement of a guy like raylan wilson ought to bring some calm to that now it's not possible for georgia to get every single recruit that it wants you already know that you don't need me to tell you that but the fact that Georgia is still winning these kinds of battles, Raylan Wilson would be the sort of top shelf name that Georgia would be interested in in any recruiting cycle. The fact that Georgia leaning on the success it's had at that position, convincing Wilson, hey, decommit from Michigan, uh, come here, be a part of this class, the class of 2023. This is for Georgia still to a degree kind of business as usual. So everyone's trying to figure out how the the landscape has changed no one can deny it does look different out there nil has made recruiting different things have changed but the announcement of a guy like raylan wilson also ought to be an indication that hey even in the midst of change things haven't changed quite that much yet georgia's still going out there and stacking elite recruits raylan wilson the latest example of that now let me kind of shift gears in the wilson thing to this here is something else that i think is really interesting about an announcement like this I think it really speaks to the value of Wilson's position across the board in football, but I would say specifically at UGA, that it's not lost on me that the very best teams that Kirby Smart has coached at Georgia have had great inside linebacker play. Georgia won the SEC in 2017, made the college football playoff, came within an eyelash of winning the national championship this, that season, won a thrilling Rose Bowl game against Baker Mayfield in Oklahoma. And that team, in many ways, was led by the Butkus Award-winning linebacker Roquan Smith. That was a big part of the story for Georgia in 2017. Furthermore, when UGA got over the hump and won the national championship last season, won once again, great interior linebacker play 
was a big part of the story as to why. You had Quay Walker as a first-round pick. You had Channing Tindall, who obviously had great success, and probably uh, N'Kobe Dean, who in so many ways was kind of the heart and soul, one of the spiritual leaders for Georgia. Once again, a Butkus award-winning linebacker as a part of the formula for what UGA did defensively. And listen, don't just take my words on all of this. I want to give you Howie Roseman. This is the GM of the Philadelphia Eagles. You remember this from Philadelphia Sports Radio shortly after the Eagles drafted Dean talking about what their viewpoint was about the way in which N'Kobe fit into the Georgia defense and what folks inside the Georgia program were saying about all that there as well. So in light of Georgia getting itself another future, potentially anyway, elite linebacker to go along with what Roquan Smith once was, what N'Kobe Dean once was. Listen to a guy who had a chance to talk to Georgia insiders, those inside the building for the Georgia program, and what they said about the value of N'Kobe Dean for this Georgia defense a year ago. And keep in mind, it may one day be Raylan Wilson for whom these same things are being said sometime in the future. This is the Philadelphia Eagles general manager, Howie Roseman. You know, I had a chance to go down to Georgia because it's like one-stop shopping. You know, like a, if I'm going to go on a school call, like maybe just go to the place that there's like nine guys on defense that are going to be drafted. So I went down there, and you know, I'm asking about all these guys, and I'm asking about Jordan, and I'm asking about you know the other guys on defense. And um, you know, at one point, you know, a guy who I'm really close with down there, he says to me, he's like. The best player on our defense is N'Kobe Dean. You haven't even asked about him yet. I'm like, I'm going to get to N'Kobe. I got him. Like, you know, like everyone there talks about the alpha dog. Everyone there talks about like this guy. And then you put on the tape and it's instincts, it's explosiveness, it's toughness. It's just the, and you combine that with the character and it's like, man, this guy's got a chance to be a special player. And I mean, don't you love the way that Roseman describes not just Kobe Dean, but the value of that position there at UGA? I love the phrase that he uses, the alpha dog. And he talks about both in terms of the on-field stuff, kind of the off-field intangible leadership quotient of all of that. That's a guy who's not a Georgia fan. That's an employee of the Philadelphia Eagles, but obviously says great things about UGA of, hey, I can do one-stop shopping for my NFL team just at Georgia alone. And of all the guys going to be drafted, the folks in the Georgia program were saying, yeah, but N'Kobe Dean was our best. N'Kobe Dean was the guy who was doing it better than anyone. That's the legacy that a guy like Raylan Wilson, who just commits to Georgia, that's a uh, that, that's you know the, the legacy that a guy like that can kind of live into there. And listen, one of the keys to success in life, not just in football, but across the board, is making sure your strength stays strong. You know, I think sometimes people get too fixated on what their weaknesses are when really leaning into your strength is probably the best overall recipe for success. And for Georgia, that defensive side has been the strength. And specifically, that linebacker spot is kind of a team captain, you know, a, a guy that occupies a big role in a day and age in which more teams are spreading things out more than ever. That space in the middle of the field where there is a lot of green grass, there's a lot of real estate, a guy who plays well in that space athletically, obviously that's going to be you know, a, a big need for a great defense here in 2022. Georgia has had that. You get the impression that a guy like Raylan Wilson could one day step into the fold and all that to go along with C.J. Allen, who's already committed to Georgia, which, by the way, Jeff Sintel, our Dog Nation recruiting insider, will tell you, uh, deserves all the attention the guy like Wilson's going to get. Maybe he'll just get naturally less of it because, you know – you know, he's not a former Michigan commit who kind of flipped away, or we'll talk more about Troy Bowles in a moment. He's not a guy who, you know, is the son of an NFL coach. He's going to be just sort of less overall, you know, fame as a recruit. But Jeff will tell you that C.J. Allen goes right there alongside Raylan Wilson as really being 
two great linebackers already in the fold for the Georgia Bulldogs, keeping pace with what other Georgia teams have done at that linebacker position. Now, all of that kind of leads me to my final point here, which is this really does have a chance for Glenn Schumann, the Georgia linebackers coach, who's so instrumental in all these decisions, to really be you know, as successful a haul at any one position group that you're able to have. And you already know about C.J. Allen. You learned about Raylan Wilson there yesterday. And the upcoming days, we're going to hear more about Troy Bowles there as well. That's a guy who we talked about on Friday. He's come out with the top three. Georgia's in that three. A lot of folks think that Georgia really has a chance to win with another great linebacker. And it's an example of the fact that the Wilson news from Sunday leads into more big decisions during the month of July. I'm going to focus only on defense here for a moment. I'll give you a couple of names to know here in the dates which they might go down. I told you that we're very, very close upcoming on the uh, Troy Bowles announcement. That goes down on July 16th. If you add Bowles to go along with Allen and uh, Wilson, you have completed all you need at the inside linebacker spot that's how big that would be but don't forget about jamal jarrett the great looking uh defensive tackle who's also getting ready to make his announcement on july 19th jarrett's been kind of pitched to be the next georgia davis that's another big domino that can fall for georgia during this 2023 cycle july 19th the date when that goes down and then the other name we'll mention for now janelle aguero the five-star safety he's going to make his announcement coming up on july 23rd so the month of july just those defensive names alone to go along with others in the class of 2023 and 2024 that we're highlighting it is going to be a big one for Georgia but one of the biggest dominoes of all fell yesterday when four-star linebacker Raylan Wilson announced Georgia as his new college home it was another in a string of great wins for Glenn Schumann a team that's been great the linebacker spot before a position that really matters in modern football every indication is that Georgia will continue to be great in that spot for time to come and for all the Georgia fans who are kind of wondering Ooh, how does Georgia recruit in this uh, modern age, which NIL seems to be such a hot topic and everything else? Well, guess what? Yesterday, another reminder that the dog's still just doing just fine when it comes to the recruiting trail. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented by Pella Window and Door of Georgia. We're happy to have you with us. No matter how you get to us today, live on video, we start at 945, first and 15, dognation.com, and on the Dog Nation app. We get going at 10 a.m. after that on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, across all our video platforms. Of course, on the radio at noon on Athens Sports Radio 960 The Ref, and as a podcast, wherever you find them. Apple, Spotify, all the podcast platforms. Happy to have you with us there for that as well. And a big thanks to our friends from Pella Window and Door of Georgia for making it all possible. You know, Pella Window and Door of Georgia can help equip your house with energy efficient windows and doors in a time in which, listen, it's hot outside. You got AC cranked up on the inside. Uh, yesterday, I stayed inside a lot and just let the air conditioning just sort of just bathe me in cold air. I felt so good. And if you're worried about, you know, that for you, well, listen, making sure you keep that air conditioning inside the house where it's supposed to be, that's what the better windows and doors can do for you. They also make your house look better on the outside. It's a good way to be a good neighbor, or if you want to be selfish here for much, it's sort of a good way to sort of benefit maybe your resale value when you go to put that home on the market, something that some of you are considering doing in the time to come here. Better windows and doors, always a value add when it comes to the overall value of your home. And that's what Pella Window and Door of Georgia can help you with. You're going to get a free, no-pressure consultation when you meet with one of the Pella experts. They're going to show you all the product samples and all the installation options available to you. You can also get a free quote there as well, and they'll answer any of the questions you might have. And the way to get in touch to do just that is go to PellaofGA.com slash DogNation. That's PellaofGA.com slash DogNation. Or you can give them a call, 678-638-1496. That's 678 638 
1496. You can also get great savings right now as well, too. Between now and August the 18th, you can get $200 off windows, $400 off doors, or payments as low as $99 a month. So make sure you check all of that out. You can also stop by and see the Pella showroom right there in Duluth, whether it be 9 to 5 Monday through uh, Friday or 10 to 4 there on Saturday. It's a great way to put your hand on the product and feel what makes the difference why Pella windows and doors are such recognized brand leaders here in the Atlanta area from homeowners who know. So make sure you check out all of that today. All right, we're going to get John Stinchcomb coming up in a moment. Looking forward to having him. Let me also remind you before we get there on that and before we do Around the Doghouse, the ticket's still available for now for our big Dog Nation duck hunt tailgate. This is going to be going down September 3rd to kick off the 2022 season in Atlanta against the Oregon Ducks, and it's our Dog Nation Duck Hunt. I think this is one of the best logos we've had. So fun. Really excited about this. Of course, your ticket there that day includes your food, your drink tickets, and a T-shirt with this really cool logo on it. You get more details there at dognation.com. We're going to sell out, I would say, in the days to come. So get in there and get yours while you can. Many of you already have. Big thanks to our friends at Kroger, the Finnish Long Drink, 7-6 Apparel, Meriwether and Tharp, and R.S. Sanders for helping make all of this possible. This is going to be one of the most fun things we do all year long, noon to 3 p.m. before the dogs and the ducks there on September 3rd, right there at the Home Depot backyard next to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So please make sure you check all of that out. Really excited about that and can't wait to see a lot of you there for that. All right, time for our Around the Dog House. It's assisted today by our friends at AAA. And there was a phrase I heard a lot growing up, which is, when somebody was like a preacher or something like that, when they're going some sort of long-winded story, it was sort of thought they were chasing a rabbit. Well, I'm going to chase a rabbit here for a second, and I hope hope not too long, and I hope I don't lose you on this, but try to follow me for a second on kind of a thought process I had over the course of the weekend and as it relates to Georgia football. So I saw where Clemson got some more good news in the recruiting trail. Tigers have actually been pretty hot as of late in recruiting, and the latest example of that is Peter Woods, a really good-looking five-star defensive lineman who chose Clemson over Alabama over the weekend. It was a pretty big deal for the Tigers, a bad loss for Alabama. Some Tide fans were not too happy about that, but it's a big win there for Clemson. Now, my reason for bringing this up is, is that Clemson has had a lot of momentum as of late. It would certainly lead you to believe that the Tigers' demise has been greatly exaggerated. A lot of folks wondered if they were going to cede their spot on the national stage after last season, and the recruiting success here for the class of 2023 would suggest anybody who said that was premature, that Clemson is not quite ready to give that up as of yet. And one of the things you've heard me say for quite some time is that, hey, when it comes to the trajectory of a program, recruits are always the first to know is the arrow pointing up or is the arrow pointing down is a program continuing to exist on the rise or are they starting to erode and subside that recruits because they are invited to the inner workings of what's actually going on they're in the rooms they're 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 sort of seeing programs at their best the best foot forward you know because of that they gain a little bit of insight into the trajectory of a program that the average person even a plugged in media type or a plugged in booster type the, the recruits themselves are just going to have more insight into all of that. And so when you see Clemson continue to have the recruiting success it might be having right now, I think it sort of leads you to believe, well, hey, maybe Clemson will be better on the field this season than I initially gave them, gave them credit for. I at least have to consider that as a possibility if they continue to do so well in recruiting. And then all of a sudden you start to think about this. Okay, so this is a program that you know lost a couple of games last year, but ultimately by the end of the season sort of felt like 
they were kind of returning to be the same Clemson we thought they once were, and their recruiting success has sort of continued unabated there as well. That to me, it's almost as if, and I hope you're following me on this thus far, it's almost as if that you have to go back and reconsider Georgia's win against Clemson at the start of last season. This is one of those things that Georgia went on to have so much success last year. Clemson kind of went on to disappear from the national conversation so quickly that by the time that Georgia got to December and January, what Georgia had done week one against the Tigers was almost a little bit of an afterthought. But in light of the fact that Clemson's not gone anywhere in recruiting, Clemson kind of righted the ship after losing to UGA to go on to win a good number of games last season, not all of its games, but a good number of its games. Don't you have to return to the notion that actually Georgia proved quite a bit by going out there and getting that win against the Tigers? And maybe the game against Clemson last year, in retrospect, should be viewed as just as big a win for Georgia as most of us thought the game was going to be going into it last summer. And as a reminder on this, let me go back I mean, let me go back and let you hear the words of Kirby Smart, who certainly believed that there that night in that hard-fought slugfest of a game that Georgia proved quite a bit by beating Clemson. And in light of what Clemson's done as of late, revisiting what Kirby said then and the validation that he thought that Georgia showed, hey, maybe taking a trip back memory lane and hearing this one more time is probably worth doing. This was Kirby with Holly Rowe on the game on the field when it was over that night. Coach, for you, you built your career on defense. You know what good defense looks like. How do you describe what you saw out there tonight? Aggressive, getting after it. You're either elite or you're not. And that's what we've been saying all camp. You're either elite or you're not. And tonight we played a really good game defensively. And look, guys, Clemson's got an unbelievable team. But I'm so proud for our university to come in this atmosphere in their backyard they play their ACC championship game and come here and win this game. A lot of resiliency and a lot of composure. I loved that phrase, you're either elite or you're not. And it's probably a reminder based on the events of the last few weeks, couple months, that beating Clemson was kind of elite validation for Georgia. Now, let me lead you into one more point here on this. Much the same way that Georgia did not have to wait very long last season to know that it was elite. You know, beating Clemson was an indication of that. Hey, maybe the same thing is true right now going into the 2022 season there as well. There are a lot of folks in our comment section who'd like to tell you it's only seven Saturdays until Georgia plays Oregon. It's only however many days. We're inside of what? Approaching 50 days, maybe less, till that game kicks off. Some of y'all are better at the math on that than I probably am. Uh, but Georgia getting very close to that season opener. Our Dog Nation duck hunt tailgate, obviously that day, a big part of that. And I think one of the things that ought to make you more excited about the start of the upcoming season is much the same way that Georgia last year took a step towards being elite by what it did in week one, the 2022 season is much the same way. I don't believe this Oregon team on paper is quite as good as that Clemson team was last season, probably far from it. But still, for Georgia, who's you know returning as the national champion, first game as kind of reigning national champion status, showing that once again it's elite, much the way that it did week one a year ago, the first game of the 2022 season may give Georgia that same opportunity there as well. So that is Around the Doghouse. It's assisted today by our friends at AAA. And listen, if you're ready for a free auto insurance quote from AAA, getting one is very easy to do. You can just go to AAA.com slash auto insurance. That website, AAA.com slash auto insurance. And uh, you can get signed up. It's easy. Uh, you can walk through all the options available for you today. You can also give them a call 833-718-2075. That's 833-718-2075. AAA, a great name to know for auto insurance. You can save big when you switch 
and save with our friends at AAA. So check out 833-718-207, find the phone number, or AAA.com slash auto insurance for a lot more on that. Let me also remind you, the coverage is subject to all policy terms, conditions, exclusions, limitations, and discounts and savings opportunities are subject to availability requirements. Subject to underwriting requirements and insurance underwritten by member select insurance company and non-affiliated insurance companies, copyright 2022, the Auto Club Group, all rights reserved. So make sure you check out all of that today. All right. Let's get the uh, keep the Georgia conversation going here right now in light of everything going on with UGA, including what might be at stake when the dogs take on the ducks a little bit later on uh, to start the things off this fall. Let's get all kinds of opinions on that with our great friend John Stinchcomb, the former UGA All-American. He joins us now on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Pella Window in Door, Georgia. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. So I say hello to John Stinchcomb. Happy to have him here as always and hope you got a great weekend. And John, let me bring you in the conversation I was just having that, you know, in light of what Georgia did last season, by the time that you got to, uh, and I believe I just lost me here, so now I'm back. Uh, In light of what went on last season, uh, by the time you got to the end there, you'd almost kind of forgotten how big the week one game against Clemson once feel, you know, felt. But, you know, listen, Clemson stayed red hot on the recruiting trail as of late. This is a program that's still being mentioned as a playoff potential contender here for the 2022 season there as well. That going back and reminding yourself that, oh, yeah, Georgia's national championship season got off to a pretty good start against Clemson a year ago. I think it's important not to lose sight of that when you think about all the special things that happened during the 2021 season. My guess is you probably agree with that. Well, here's my thought is at the time, Clemson was a top five ranked team. They're coming in with an incredible amount of confidence. They had an entire offseason where everybody's saying they're in the national hunt. And I think for a, for a young team with 18, 19, 20-year-olds, that uh, confidence matters, momentum matters. That first game is, is really important in how you view yourself, how others view you. It matters. And so I just heard the clip from Kirby post-game saying, this is a big win for Georgia. And that's what we've come to expect is the opponent that Georgia faces, um, you're going to get their best shot. And I think Clemson had a a little bit of a reckoning throughout the season trying to create identity and realizing they might not have exactly the, the right recipe for success they found in previous years. But Week one is always one of those games where uh, you come in with the confidence that either you've created or has been created for you. And I think Oregon's in a, a similar boat in that um, they'll come in with some energy. They'll come in with the fact that Dan Lanning is the new coach there and he's got familiarity with Georgia and, and they're going to be able to put forth their best shot. I think at times, teams get beat down through the season um, and, and start to not have that same confidence that you do in week one. So both talented teams, the Clemson version that we faced this past year, but more than anything, more than talent, it was confidence. And, and I think we should expect a similar mentality from Oregon in week one. Now, yeah, yeah. I think- uh, will we face better teams? Yeah, of course. No, I think that's exactly right. And it's one of the things I like about college football right now for George in particular is, you know, John, so many times out your senior year, you also play Clemson to start the season. But so many times that week one game, maybe even those first couple of weeks worth of games are against lesser competition that are only tune ups to the games that that will matter later on. 
But when you begin the year with a game like Clemson, like last year, or a game like Oregon this year, you know, you don't have to wait very long to potentially, you know, see an indication of what your kind of elite status is, you know, for that particular year. Not to say that Georgia won't be tested more by their teams and expect to be tested against Oregon, but you can still send a message for all these people who think, uh, you know, Georgia takes a step back, defensively won't be nearly as good. I've said this now quite a bit that I think, hey, it's a great opportunity for Georgia there that day to say, there's some new faces in some pretty important places when it comes to Georgia defense right now. But the fact of the matter is, is this is still a team that very much is going to remind you of what Georgia's done in the past, including its national championship season. I love the fact that here in 2022, you don't have to wait very long for games that matter, games of note. Last year against Clemson, right out of the blocks. This year against Oregon, kind of much the same way. I think one of the scariest situations for an opponent is for as an opponent is, is a team that's really talented that plays with a chip on their shoulder. Uh-huh. So for this defense for Georgia, they're coming in. It's not like the coverage were left bare. I mean, yes, we, we just had 15 guys drafted, set a record, and uh, you're replacing a number of faces. But the the roster that remains and was added to this offseason is a really talented group of players and now you've added fuel to the fire and, and questioned what the drop-off's going to look like. I, I think that's a dangerous scenario for other teams. I think that's a motivating factor for a talented group that is finally getting their opportunity, uh, similar to what we witnessed with Clay Walker and Channing Kendall, is guys that had invested in, in into the program and were just waiting for their shot and given the shot. They performed at a really high level. Well, that's no different than the opportunity that presents itself to a, a larger number of players this year. But for uh, the guys who've been waiting in the wings, if you will, uh, for their opportunity to prove that they're the next man up. And you combine that that mentality, that chip on your shoulder, with the talent that Georgia has continued to recruit. Um, and I like that recipe. Now, is it going to be be historically great elite defense? Uh, you have to go out and prove it. But there certainly is a, a high level of talent that uh, would reason there's not going to be this huge drop off that that some are pro, uh, projecting. I want to shift gears here for a moment. Uh, Georgia got a big linebacker commitment yesterday from Raylan Wilson, and this seems to be a name and you know player that fits very well into the recent pedigree of guys like N'Kobe Dean. You mentioned also Quay Walker and Channing Tendall. Obviously, we all remember the impact that Roquan Smith made on the 2017 team. John, when it comes to football here for a moment, you obviously know so much more about the game on the field than I do because you played it at such a high level. But I really feel like that inside linebacker spot is pretty underrated. I mean, it's clearly been a big part of Georgia's success. You know, the best teams have had great inside linebackers. But I see this in the NFL too. You know, you know guys like Devin White and others who – you know, seem to be propelling their defenses, even though the edge rusher and sometimes cases the high-profile cornerback, they seem to get more attention. But I'm not quite so sure that Georgia's success doesn't prove how valuable that great, you know, as Howie Roseman called him, kind of an alpha dog type guy in the middle of the field ends up being for a defense. And on a day in which Georgia's celebrating another linebacker win, I'm, I'm curious how important you think that interior linebacker position actually is. I think it's become more of a premium position just because of the evolution of the offense. You look at the number of ways offenses are attacking 
whether it's through the air and spreading the ball and playing speed ball, if you will, or still having the ability to stretch the field and then pound it in between the tackles, that puts a, a huge onus on the one linebacker that should stay on the field for every down. You, you look at sub packages and uh, you bring in an extra defensive back who, who's replacing a linebacker uh, based on personnel for half the reps that are, that are taken out there for defense. The one linebacker who's staying is that middle linebacker. So to hear about well, a, a guy that has those qualities of, you know, I'm, I'm reading that Sintel article this morning about you know, his athleticism, his ability to run uh, and, and pop folks when he gets there. That's, that's what you need now. I mean, yes, you've always wanted that from a Mike linebacker, a middle linebacker, but in today's game, you've got to have a guy that's willing to, to get his nose bloodied a little bit and, and stack the run, but also be able to cover these tight ends that run like deer now. They're, they're glorified slot wide receivers, and if a, uh, an offense can create a mismatch, uh, whether it's an undersized guy who, who can cover – just because he's, you know, a, either a, a beefed up safety that's playing in the box, then, then you can run it at him. But if it's a guy that, that's just a plugger, who's, who's a run heavy stopper in the middle, then they're going to get lit up by these tight ends that can run and catch because of the new way that these offenses are attacking. So you have to have these players that can stay on the field for every rep. I think we just lost John. We'll see if we can uh, get him back there. That we've got John Stinchcomb back with us. John, I loved what you were saying about Raylan Wilson a moment ago. Let me also ask you this about that there as well. You know, for some Georgia fans, there's been a little bit of anxiety related to how different the recruiting landscape is right now. You've got NIL, you've got things like that. Uh, and that's, you know, clearly having an impact on recruiting. And some folks wonder, will it have a negative impact there on UGA? But when Georgia goes out and wins a battle like this, which feels so similar to the kinds of recruiting battles that Kirby Smart's been winning in recent years, should that go a ways towards calming folks that things may be changing? But they haven't changed all that much yet that Georgia's still not winning the kinds of recruiting battles that we're used to seeing it win? Well, it's still factors. I mean, the mighty dollar, you know, now they'll rank uh, assistant coaches as uh, how, they, uh, how they are as effective as recruiters and now there should be like a new assistant coach which is just a money sign to see how many <laughs> recruits that actually wins but at the end of the day i mean guys are still looking at the best opportunity for themselves and um and that includes how much they can maximize the, the mighty dollar in the short term but they're looking at the program they're looking at the fit and and you're looking at reading about still players that care about the culture and identity and the locker room and the, the coaches and those relationships. And so that's still a, a, a part of the equation. And that's a good thing because Georgia has established itself as one of those destinations. And you read about the recruits that have committed to Georgia and they speak glowingly of the locker room, the culture, the guys, the coaches that are investing endless numbers of hours and developing these relationships with uh, potential players across the country. And it's a credit to uh, the culture that's been created, that Coach Smart has prioritized from day one 
that we're going to build an authentic relationship with these players um, so that they feel at home and safe and moms and dads across the country, uh, whether, you know, whether they're from the state of Georgia or outside, it's become a national beacon that folks feel comfortable coming here and, and knowing they'll get the development and the opportunities that they're seeking. Last thing for you on kind of a similar, you know, line, not only has Georgia had success with the linebackers here this week, you know, last week you also saw Landon Thomas, another great tight end, a five-star in the class of 2024, commits there too, and that continues the hot streak that Todd Hartley's kind of been on as of late. You know, John, you know, well, what do you think when you look across this coaching staff and you see some of these young up-and-coming guys who are having success both on the field and in recruiting? I'm not quite so sure there's a brighter young star on this staff right now. I don't know that anyone exceeds him, certainly, than what Todd Hartley's doing in the tight end position. He's having the kind of success on the field, along with Todd Munkin, who's obviously the play caller, of course, that Georgia fans have craved from that position for quite some time. And it seems like those recruiting doors continue to swing pretty well for the dogs there, too. Uh, Hartley's on quite a streak as of late, it would seem. It is unreal. I mean, you talk about the strongest room, tight end room in the country, and he continues to add to it. Lost and lucky, but before you even add the most recent Landon Thomas names to a already stacked room, I mean, it is unbelievable the level of success that Coach Hartley has found in getting players in his position group, but really across the board. We just talked briefly about the rankings of the recruiting chops for an assistant coach, and you talk about a bright star, I don't know if there's any better right now than Todd Hartley and his ability to get talent on talent on talent and continue to build on an extremely strong uh, crop and group. Most of the time, it's hard to bring in multiple players because at the same position because they're going, where's my opportunity? Now, with that said, Georgia's proven as, as, as a tight end, we're going to deploy multiple uh, tight ends in formation if you're willing and able. And if you can bring something to the table, we'll find a way to get you on the field. And really, that's across the board. But tight end is certainly one of those position groups that um, they're willing to put three out at a time. But that this year, you can almost put out four. And that was the discussion in the spring, uh, spring practice. It's the G day. But uh, what a great recruiter, a great hire, and, and somebody that when they first came to campus, was probably flying well below the radar. But anyone who's aware of uh, the recruiting game right now knows the name Todd Hartley and the special uh, way that he's put together uh, year after year some incredible classes and pulls for Georgia. John, it's great stuff. I appreciate your insight as always, and I hope you continue to have a great summer. And we'll look forward to talking to you very soon here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Pella Window and Dorf Georgia. And as we have these Monday conversations, that just gets us closer and closer to the start of the season, which will certainly be here before you know it, John. I appreciate your time. Always enjoy it. Look forward to actually talking about football here soon, which is coming up right around the corner. Uh, but enjoy talking some Bulldogs with you anytime, B.A. Go dog. Thank you, John. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. John's a great guy, great resource when it comes to Georgia football. Uh, really good stuff to have him there on a Monday. 
very strong words in support of what Glenn Schumann, Todd Harley, some of these Georgia assistants are doing right now. That is a great thing to be able to see. We've got like a thousand things to do for our cruiser on the SEC with Royal Caribbean here. So what do you say we get that started? I'll remind you that uh, Royal Caribbean, it's a great time to be on a Royal Caribbean cruise ship. We had one of our great commenters earlier saying, hey, got mine coming up in a couple of weeks. Can't wait to be a part of that. And listen, I'm excited for all of you who are taking your own Royal Caribbean cruise vacation. You're coming up really soon. I was talking to somebody just yesterday who's on their way on an Alaska cruise vacation. And it's just fun to think about these great Royal Caribbean destinations and the great Royal Caribbean cruise ships that are taking you there, whether you're going out of the you know, Port of Miami. I think what we're looking at right now is a beautiful look at the Port of Miami. But if you're watching on the video anyway, you got obviously Port Ever- Everglades right there in uh, Fort Lauderdale. The, the port I typically go out of, though, is, um, is the one that's right there at Port Canaveral. Uh, just easy drive, just past Orlando, simple to get to. I like to keep things simple when I can. And there are a bunch of great options that go out of the uh, port right there at Port Canaveral, whether you want one of those three or four-night sailings that take you to the Bahamas and Perfect Day, Coco Cay, or if you want one of those seven-night sailings. Wonder of the Seas, the largest cruise ship in the world, is about to be sailing out of Port Canaveral. And it's going to be really exciting. It's going to be here uh, towards the end of the year. When I think we're going to have a lot more for you on that when we get there to that. So it's just a great time to be taking a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation or planning your own trip for 2023 there as well. Uh, not too early to start thinking about that. Our friends at the Cruise and Vacation Authority can help you with that. You can find them online, tcava.com. That's the website, tcava.com. You can also give them a call, 770-952-8300. That's 770-952-8300. They can help you decide which Royal Caribbean cruise vacation is perfect for you. And listen, when I'm on one of these ships, it's like I'm a kid. You know, I just, I'm on the water slides. I'm on the, the flow rider. I'm, do, I'm doing all the fun things and just kind of bouncing from one thing to the next. And that's what makes it great for really kids of all ages. My, my own kids and, uh, you know, me acting like a kid. It's just a, it's just a fun thing to be there and uh, doing all of that. All right, let's roll through a bunch of news today. So we told you last week, about rumor that hey maybe oregon might be interested in the sec uh well as it turns out there probably is a little something to that although it's certainly not an indication that oregon's coming to the sec what we found out is and dennis dodd had this for us at cbssports.com that phil knight who's the big founder of nike kind of a well-known oregon booster has apparently been cold calling the sec the big 10 you know conferences about a home somewhere for oregon that's how concerned he is about his alma mater essentially being left out in the cold here as conference expansion continues to play out and what's interesting to me here is that the same thing that happened when the sec took on oklahoma and texas also appears to be happening now that the big 10 has taken on usc and ucla that the immediate coverage of that is okay what's next you know all kinds of conference realignment coming in on the heels of this because you want to go back to 2012 2014 those years like that when conference alignment took place one move always begatted more moves or is that is that a proper tense uh, that, that one move always followed the previous move but in 2022 you have a big indication that's just not the way that things are that on the heels of texas and oklahoma joining the sec there wasn't any kind of immediate response to that. Now, there have been some responses. The, the Big 12 is going to reform itself here a little bit, and eventually US, UCLA and USC joined the Big 10. But it's not like it set off this kind of like firestorm of all these moves. Ultimately, that didn't happen. And the USC-UCLA thing is kind of the same way here, that I think a lot of folks thought, well, the SEC's clearly got to go grab a bunch of teams now that Big 10 has grabbed USC and UCLA. But 
I think you see the indication that there aren't just necessarily a bunch of teams to grab here and that Phil Knight's concern about Oregon may be well-founded, that there may not be room for them right now in the Big Ten or the SEC, as weird as it even sounds to even think you'd be talking about a school like Oregon, you know, traveling so far to play that it's play its games and you know the kind of the the sort of partner school that seems to go with oregon here washington that's the other uh, pac 12 team that's been in the college football playoff there may not be an easy home for them either that if you're a huskies fan or if you're a ducks fan your best hope here might be in hoping that the pac 12 can somehow somehow stay together or whatever else because when it comes to like conference move oregon just simply doesn't bring enough to the table to be a factor for the big 10 or the sec and then if any kind of move had to be made knight would essentially have to subsidize that himself basically bringing some extra money to the table to kind of make it all work that's how dire the scenario might be for oregon however we will have more news on the ducks here in a moment at least when it comes to recruiting things actually going pretty well speaking of uh changes to college football there's obviously a lot of nil changes we're watching for and there have been a couple of pretty interesting rumors that I want to make you aware of here for a moment. Now, these are rumors and not actual reports, but they are rumors that are coming from places other than just like, say, Slice Bread. And you remember him, the uh, supposed uh, source for the $30 million NIL story related to Texas A&M. There's been some message board chatter as of late that Jordan Addison, the recent USC transfer, might not be happy in L.A., because apparently some of the promises that were made to him haven't been kept. This comes from Jerry Hamilton. Hamilton is a reporter working for On3, and he put this on a message board. So it's not quite the same thing as making it a report, but it is something that Hamilton kind of put out there a little bit that, you know, apparently Addison so far in L.A. doesn't feel like some of the promises that were made to him have been kept. We've told you before, be really, really careful if you're a player and you go to some school for the NIL you better make sure that the school that promised the NIL or the booster connected to the school that promised the NIL, you better make sure they actually have the money to pay you. And we'll find out what's going on here with Addison. This may just be a rumor that fizzles. Oftentimes, many of them do, but it's at least out there and it's being discussed right now. Similarly speaking, from kind of a similar level of sourcing on this, there's an interesting rumor right now about Nico Imaleva, uh, the Tennessee commit who as you probably are aware, many of you are aware anyway, skipped the Elite 11 quarterback camp recently so he could go play volleyball, which is, you know, many players are two sports stars. Uh, Imaleva is thought to be a really good volleyball player, but it's also thought to that most quarterbacks giving a chance to showcase themselves at the highest level at their position against other elite players, that's the kind of thing you would typically want to do. But Imaleva chose not to do that. And now there's at least some chatter that it's not obvious that he's going to play his senior season out in California. He does not appear to be ineligible, but there is some rumor stuff as of late worth paying attention to and watching unconfirmed at the moment. But but worth observing here that Emileva, who is thought to be cashing a big NIL check, may just be done playing football until he gets to Tennessee. Didn't do Elite 11. We'll see about his upcoming senior year. There's been some chatter related to that. Obviously, if he were to make that decision, it's not obvious that he will, but if he were to make the decision not to play, that'd be a very big deal for a player who's sort of built his entire reputation as a quarterback on kind of a junior season, small number of starts, small number of snaps. You know, I think one of the things that you got to be concerned about as we kind of move into this NIL age where more high school players are essentially treated as finished products and, and guys who are already good enough to cash in on great wealth before they prove themselves further 
is does that lead to fewer guys actually wanting to go out there and play football, which is the way in which football players get better? To me, it's very hard to be as, as antiquated a notion as this might seem. It's very hard to get better as a player unless you're actually playing that sport, football, as much as anything else here. So worth watching a couple of these NIL stories, but what the senior year looks like for Imaleva, does he actually play? You know, does he you know, does, does he do that? Or is this going to be an example of a guy who says, I've already proven what I need to, and therefore, for whatever reason, I'm uh, going to end up not participating in the sport here this fall, worth watching there on that. Uh, also, five-star edge rusher, rusher Jaden Wayne, who may remember took a visit to Georgia back during the month of June. He has found his college home. That is Miami. That's another big win for the Hurricanes. They've been red hot on the recruiting trail, including with some targets of note there for Georgia. The Wayne thing is interesting in that, it seems like this was kind of a uh, a thing for Georgia for a while, and then it went just sort of totally quiet on that front. You hadn't heard much about Wayne and Georgia as of late. There are always a lot of folks online who told you they just didn't think Wayne was likely to end up at UGA anyway. But uh, he was a target for the dogs there for a while, at least took a visit to Georgia back in the early stages of June. But now Wayne has committed to Miami, which – kind of leaves George in the mix for a different five-star edge rusher, that same Mpemba. Mpemba has recently put out a list of finalists. Georgia kind of right there in the middle of all of this. So if you're kind of thinking about – do we have the uh, finalists from Mpemba here? Uh, if you're thinking about – there you go. So he's got a, a Notre Dame, Oregon, uh, Florida, Georgia, Miami, Alabama, Tennessee. Uh, it's a top seven there from Mpemba. Georgia kind of right there in the middle of this graphic there on that. So if you're looking at – you know kind of what might be next for george after wayne chooses miami obviously mpemba is a name to kind of keep your mind on and your eye on there it was a busy recruiting weekend for lsu here and maybe one of the dominoes that fell that leads you to believe that led you to believe that georgia was truly in good shape with a guy like raylan wilson was the fact that linebacker went weeks out of Wilcone county he actually committed lsu here uh weeks was a guy that had taking a visit to georgia i had been told that georgia actually liked a lot about what weeks brought to the table so this was i think a real target for georgia but weeks committing elsewhere i think to some felt like an indication that maybe georgia was going to land the linebacker targets that seemingly had prioritized more including raylan wilson who made his announcement there on sunday so weeks was maybe a bit of a precursor to that going to lsu lsu also doing what it does a lot of which is win with big time wide receivers five-star jalen brown also committed to LSU two this weekend. And this is one of those examples where we're going to be fair and balanced here a bit because we have wondered, well, how well of a fit will Brian Kelly be in the SEC? And, you know, some of the weird stuff that's gone on in the early stages of his tenure as LSU coach. The fact is they've actually done pretty well on the recruiting trail as of late and Weeks and Brown, kind of an example of that. A similar story for Florida here there, too. Uh, Florida got a four-star athlete, Eugene Wilson, committed over the weekend. And this is one of those things where – my take on this might surprise you a little bit. I think the Florida fans, <laughs> you know, the other day they kind of go crazy. They were so mad about all the guys that were trending to places, including Jalen Rashad, the quarterback. They kind of get all fired up to the point in which Billy Napier has to write the open letter to Gator Nation about, you know, hey, we're things going to be fine or whatever else. But since then, it almost seems like Florida fans' hysteria has actually kind of lit a little bit of a fire under Florida. You know, they get the flip from the Penn State quarterback commit. They get uh, 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 Trayon Webb, the guy at one point in time is going to be thought to turning elsewhere. I'm not telling you that Eugene Wilson's the greatest get in the world here necessarily, but this is you know kind of a 
sort of top 200 rated recruit, you know, four-star type guy. It's not an insignificant recruiting win. I think Florida fans are maybe showing you here a little bit of, hey, doing something to keep your team's feet to the fire, not always a bad thing to do. First-year coach, you know, making sure he knows that the stakes are high at this new job. You're not coaching in the Sun Belt anymore. You're not at Louisiana Lafayette anymore. We have high expectations for you here. I'm not quite so some of the not quite so sure that some of the recruiting momentum that Florida seems to establish isn't coming on the heels of Florida staff realizing, hey, we better give these Gators fans something they want. So maybe the Florida fans themselves actually take credit for some of these recent W's. None of them necessarily all that earth shattering, but taken together sort of speaks to Napier maybe starting to figure things out on the recruiting trail maybe just a little bit Tennessee also has a nice weekend there as well there was a lot of recruiting uh, stuff from the weekend Genevian Bradley uh, a good looking five-star rated edge player he's on his way to Tennessee uh, Shumaran Umaroff that's the offensive line we talked to you about from uh, uh, Denmark High School we talked about that on Friday that it certainly seemed like Umaroff was likely to go to Tennessee not go to UGA it sparked questions among some Georgia fans about what's going on with Georgia's offensive line recruiting if that's a topic that's of interest to you I'll remind you that Jeff Sintel I asked him about that directly on Friday's show in light of the fact that Umaroff was probably going to Tennessee uh you know where does that leave Georgia in its pursuit of guys like Monroe Freeling and some some of the other names that are out there and you know kind of what do we make of this tenure this stage of the tenure for Stacey Sarles as offensive line coach Jeff Sintel got into a lot of that with us there on Friday so I'll invite you to check some of that out I'll also mention one more recruiting story here if we haven't given you enough of those already congratulations to Dan Lanning it's not obvious what conference Lanning is going to be in with Oregon in the very near future maybe it's just some sort of reformed version of the Pac-12 but you do know that he got himself a big recruiting win. Five-star quarterback Dante Moore committed to Oregon. So one of the things that Lanning was kind of brought there to do was to be a good recruiter. And by the way, one of the stories there in the Pacific Northwest is Mario Cristobal, for the success that he had there with the Ducks, was never very great on offense. Even you know when they had you know the big-time quarterback, they just weren't a great offensive team necessarily. And that's one of the things that uh, Lanning has kind of brought to Eugene to try to change, even though he himself is a defensive-minded guy being better on offense is a big task for the next coach there at Oregon and so Dante Moore uh, big-time five-star quarterback commit uh, going to Oregon is maybe their step in towards doing that so the first-year coach the rookie Dan Lanning already making some waves in recruiting there with the Ducks will make that cruising around the SEC courtesy of Royal Caribbean. And I told you we had a lot of SEC through style uh, stuff to get to today we're kind of in that stage in which there's just a lot of recruiting stuff going on, so we want to try to make you aware of as much of it as we possibly can. And speaking of making things aware, thankful that somebody made me aware of this, one of our own who's apparently not active on Twitter, uh, uh, Lucy uh, bowers and sent this to me for John Foster, who's a regular commenter on Facebook. She says, give him a golden shoe on Monday, please. Very good-looking sort of Nintendo-style graphic. We have our Dog Nation Duck Hunt tailgate. And that's what uh, John Foster's done here with the hairy dog, George, uh, you know, face holding up the uh, duck there on the old Nintendo video game. Very funny stuff from John. Appreciate Lucy sharing that. We'll give golden shoes to both Lucy and John for making me aware of that. Really, really uh, good stuff. How about the Gatorator updater? 4,932 days since Florida's won a national championship. Tough to be a Gator. We think it's going to be even harder 110 days from right now when Kirby Smart gets his next win against Florida in Jacksonville. That's our Gator Hitter Countdown. You all have a great day. We will see you back here tomorrow for Dog Nation Daily, presented by Pella, window and door of Georgia. 
and on the podcast time now for the rs andrews podcast cool down we'll take some of your comments here either on twitter at dog nation daily or in the comment section at dognation.com and obviously on the pages of dognation.com right now a lot of reaction to the commitment of Raylan wilson from yesterday it's a fun thing to see i, I saw where uh, f fowler 12 and jeff story there at dognation.com had said you know some obviously very nice things about wilson which is exactly what georgia fans want to hear after a moment like this he says he's a fast smart athlete has all the tangibles and intangibles all we need now is troy bowles to go along with Raylan wilson and cj allen to continue being linebacker university he says let's see georgia's running back university tight end university and linebacker university it's all got a nice sound to it don't you think if i had a son that was a player he would definitely go to georgia to be developed for the big paycheck at the nfl level saying go dogs there on that and i think that's very true a lot of georgia fans have a lot to celebrate related to the big addition from raylan wilson yesterday mike mcpherson also reaching on twitter to say i just got four tickets to the dog nation duck hunt tailgate can't wait to get this season started off right i am so happy to hear about that from mike and all of you who've made plans to be a part of our dog nation duck hunt tailgate uh, we're gonna have a terrific time and i'm so happy that so many of you are so enthusiastic about being a part of it and listen i'm like the rest of you i'm sit here all summer long kind of counting down the days until the season begins and it's basically here we are right there around the corner on all of that and so for all of you who'll be with us in downtown atlanta that day at the home depot backyard next to mercedes-benz stadium for the big dog nation duck hunt tailgate can't wait for it it's just going to be a great time so mike really happy that you're going to be there and really happy for uh, all of that uh jd Dogwalker also checking in to say that he watched some of troy bowles that's the linebacker that uh f fowler also mentioned uh, he says, I watched that after listening to Jeff with me on Dog Nation Daily. He says, I thought I was seeing Roquan Smith at Macon County. Lord have mercy. So there you go. Excitement also building with the Detroit Bowls decision, which is really coming up here pretty soon there, too. So a lot of folks having a good time. Everybody getting ready for all of this. I'll also mention before I let you go, for those of you that listen to the podcast at DogNation.com, I discovered yesterday that I made an error. When I posted Thursday's podcast show, was a day later on and I accidentally posted the podcast to go along with Friday. So <laughs> the Thursday show didn't get posted when it's supposed to. So if you go back and check the, sh- the, the show that I posted on Sunday, there is a link to the Thursday show right there. So this is somewhat complicated, but I just kind of posted the, the when I posted the podcast post, the podcast episode that I pasted down at the bottom. I, I pasted the wrong one. So if you want Thursday's edition of Dog Nation Daily, if you missed that, that's at the bottom of the thing that I put at dognation.com yesterday. So hopefully that makes sense. If you're hearing this, you probably already found it somewhere. But nonetheless, I wanted to try to give you a little bit of clarity on that. All right. Hope you all have a great day. Big thanks to R.S. Andrews for making the podcast cool down possible. Check out R.S. Andrews online for your air conditioning, heating, plumbing, electric needs. They show up on time. They do the work that's promised. The price is promised. That's what you can trust R.S. Andrews on today. Have a great day. Take advantage of R.S. Andrews getting that air conditioning unit tuned back up to factory fresh specs. It only costs you 99 bucks. They'll keep you feeling cool all summer long. And we will see all of you back here again tomorrow.